Can you hear the people across the canal for me? I have the doors open. I can barely hear you. Okay, hold on. At least at this moment. That's right, you can't hear like the gain of my actual like studio microphone, so. Let me move all this. I may just close that. I was hoping to have some funny ambience in the background, but it
All right, drugs. Then I'm ready. Okay. And check your mic again. Yes. See, it sounds fuzzy to me. <coughs> okay, hold on. Let me just make it, sure it's... It sounds muffled, like... Hold on, let me make sure it's using, like, the right source. What about now? Oh, perfect. Okay. Much better. Okay, hold on. All right. Go ahead and speak to me real quick. Okie dokie. Yeah, Can you hear better. me? Sounds okay. better on my end. I changed the output. It was, <laughs> I didn't realize it was actually broadcasting the audio on the speaker on the laptop, but I couldn't tell because I actually had the headphones on. So now it's <laughs> as appropriate. I wonder how many episodes I actually did that without <laughs> checking that setting. Well, um, probably. Well, I mean, at least if I were to go based on how well you sound, that was the first time I'd heard that. Okay, maybe. Like where it sounded muffled. So I feel like if it's a settings thing or something, then. I have a way of overcomplicating um, and changing settings in between when we do this. So. <laughs> you are a helpful assistant, it says. Okay. Let's do this. Since we can't do chat, can we do, actually, let me check one more time if we can do chat GPT, because it's going crazy. Oh, wow, it looks like you're in Max Headroom right now. I'm telling you, I don't know why the the cam has been doing that sometimes, which I don't really, under, I mean, it's just a shitty little webcam, but it's like it goes nuts whenever. Um, that's not website, Gmail. Get ready, Kathy, you can look at my email. There <laughs> we go. 
Will this work? Will this work? Please work. Don't. Nothing works anymore. Why would it? <laughs> it's like put in your password. No, your password you saved is incorrect. Here, we'll do the uh, forgot password. I'll go ahead and click continue. And then we'll do this again. my email address hey look at that this is the first time today i've been able to log in wild oh delightful so has it been use... just yeah mm -hmm. it's every time even with the user login the special like link they email you it's been going to this weird not even the normal like we're overloaded page it's been going to one that's like a clearly like a low bandwidth like barely you know it's like gray and white and it says like hey maybe check back here later we don't know kind of like hopeful um so there we go and earlier today, I wrote this little thing here, and I was thinking about starting the show with, um, let's see if I can open my f photos. Oh, this is, just should be a real joy. Let's see. <laughs> so their moment of trust, Kathy. I'm opening my photo library. Oh, hey, no, just okay. kidding. It's just me. It's just me. <laughs> no, I, was, I, just, I was closed. I just made the, I I I made the noise anyway, yeah. having no idea what Completely was going to be. Completely closed. Don't worry about <laughs> it. I would never. I would never do that. It would scare me too Brian's much. only fans when? No, no. see, closed. All these are closed. <laughs> closed. And I would put them on Twitter. Oh, my God. Those, yeah, those fucking large, slimy leggings. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Viral. That, <laughs> I had to go and look them up. I couldn't find what they were called oh. precisely because they were an E and slimy. And I didn't remember that. Okay. So, no, it's not in there. But um, here's the hat I got. There we go. So, I don't have the clip. What clip? I don't even remember what I was looking for now. Oh, I'm glad that we're recording. What was I going to play? Oh, I had made a bunch of clips of Ira Glass on my phone. I had recorded a bunch of audio clips, and I was going to show how easy it was to just drop the audio real quick, clip the five minutes, and how quickly you can go from zero to 60 in an instant. And um, let's see, am I already recording? Yeah, okay. Well, let's see. Because I think I can do this if these are in there. So let me go to... They're on my phone. Well, here, I'll do this. Yeah, see those? Oh, yeah, these are it. Okay, here we go. So we'll highlight all of these. I'm having like my <laughs> my brain is failing me. Let's see. Oh yeah, that's right. We go to export. There we go. Can I just drag these to the fucking desktop? This is an Apple. Yes, there we go. Drag them to the desktop. That's how it works. Okay. Okay. Now we open up iMovie.
this away. Import media. Desktop. There we go. Alright, and today we have on tap our man from the show. To me right now. That guy in the North Pole is amazing. To me right now. That guy in the North Pole is amazing. Alan is not that guy. Alan's just a guy who dresses up as Santa sometimes. Alan doesn't have Santa's flying reindeer. Alan doesn't have legions of elves backing him up. And most of all, he dresses up as Santa sometimes. Sorry. Alan doesn't have Santa's flying reindeer. Alan doesn't have legions of elves backing him up. And most of all, Alan doesn't have his years of experience. This is my first year as Santa, my first... <laughs> oh, I'm going the wrong way. He's driving. I really just my need first year as Santa. Of experience. <laughs> this is... Doesn't have his years of experience. And most of all... We'll cut it there. So we'll do... Uh... Yeah, no, I've been trying... I was thinking about it, too, of, like, who else I want. But, like... I feel like the okay. ones I also want, I'm, I think, have I'm, always had, like, background noise in them, right? That's Cause, why like, it's I... tough. That's why I had to get, like, seven different recordings here. Because I also so... really want, um, like, Robert Stack from Unsolved Mysteries. But the music is always going. Yeah, and, and um, it, Star Trek, I like, I've looked, I mean, basically, there's always background. Exiles, like I said before, really difficult. I mean, that music guy was basically, he must have been sitting there composing an hour of music for every show and then trying to cram it all in or something because it's like every scene has like some kind of little score under it. Nervous. I, I, Mark Snow. <laughs> I'm, I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm really. One of our producers that he did a cornfell Christmas. One of our producers that he Now, luckily, in between here, this is all going the wrong way. We don't want. Yeah, okay. like that. Using iMovie is easier because it doesn't. One of our delete. producers that used a cornfield rode with him to this job. This was in uh, Redlands, California, an hour or so east of Los Angeles. Alan is an earnest guy with a kind face. Right, who, and he would tell you That's this himself. Good. Tends to overthink things a little. Really, he told Aviva, he's not sure. Um. what to expect at this gig like what could go wrong so he's just been trying to prepare for everything by we go. The so he's just been trying to npr production music there okay cut that checklists on my f have a backup for almost other code and uh... guess I'll just delete that. Okay. old mattress awaiting just to be clear the mattress Dead. Just to be clear, the mattress for the new bed arrived right away after you ordered it. It's rolled up like a burrito near the window. Now this motherfucker has someone talking in the background. The mattress for the new bed arrived right away after Bill Awal. Today's program is about different sorts of runarounds, and he is in the basic one. about this because today's that he ordered is a queen-size bed from the cliché cast to lean against when you read it, and he was fine with kind of thing. Or September 20th. Service break. He was bleeding and hypo. Right in front of him. Are you a rapper? Or were you ever a rapper? Who was that? Like, have you ever. I find out once and for all if it's. 
Everture. Shantae was back home in New York City, over 2,500 miles from Vegas, where her mom lived and died. How a ghost would get from one part of the country to another is a question that I certainly would have if I believed in ghosts. Does it, you know, just jump on a commercial jet? In any case, Shantae is on her couch. I was again scrolling on my phone. I'm just... Couch. In any case, Shantae is on her couch. I was again scrolling on my phone. I'm just like shopping for shoes or something. Mm -hmm. And again, she just pops up like, oh, you know, and it startled me. And it almost startled her that I saw her, like that I recognized her. Hmm. And she apologizes for startling me. Kathy, do we believe in ghosts on this program? Oh, I absolutely do. We've talked about this, haven't we? That means that I have to as well, though. Is yeah. No, no, you can be the skeptic. No, I don't think so. I can be, no. I can see, I remember see you as this. a much more learned person of the world. And, and then if you have like your feelings about that, then I feel like I would just yet to discover that. That's all. So, I mean, I just want to, I would just want to remind us here that Scully, the most logical minded mm. human, mm-hmm. remember mm-hmm. she had those episodes where oh, yeah. she thought after her father died, where she thought she saw ghosts. Yes. So, I mean, I, I'm not trying to draw an exact parallel. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I'm Scully, you know, I don't think I'm Scully. Well, what I am Anderson saying, we'll play you in the movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or, or Tia Leone will play me in the movie. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like... So, like, so, um, <laughs> But all I'm saying is, like, I mean, I, I don't, I, I, I still kind of think that. I actually uh, kind of, so you and I talked about this, about reality television. Mm-hmm. At the very, very beginning about how it was, like, this secret that people, like, were like, oh, I don't watch reality TV. And then they're like, oh, have you seen that new episode of The Bachelor? Like, once they know that you don't think less of reality TV, exactly. then they open up to what they actually watch, right? Yeah, totally. Um. And so I think spirituality or superstition or whatever you want to kind of describe it as, right? Like, um, I think people feel the same way about that, right? Because when you press someone on on that, right, even an atheist, if you press them on that, like, I'm like, well, you still fucking knock wood. Mm -hmm. You may still say the words, God forbid, right? Like. Yeah. So so how outside of your psyche can it really be, right? Like and and I know there's going to be like some pedantic athe- capital A atheist maybe who listens to the show. I would hope not. I feel like for uh, the capital A people, <laughs> somehow that stuff's actually even closer to their mind than the people who don't care at all because they're actively trying to push it out. So I mean maybe, right? I mean who knows? I I, I cuz I feel like I also don't know any like capital A asshole atheists. I don't either. You know, so like I feel like they're they're like this caricature that exists <laughs> online, and hopefully like, they don't actually exist. Well, but you like know when that they do. Like when I did the old timey prospector voice. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no, he's it's not a real. He's got person. his steampunk monocle, but it's, he doesn't believe in God. He has right? that from the future, but yet he's still an old timey <laughs> prospector. I mean, if there's there's if there's truly no proof that God, God does not exist, it it's is the steampunk is real. Of steampunk, yeah, <laughs> steampunk is real. So, um. <laughs> But but yeah. Anyway, I think like I think when you press people, they all admit to some kind of superstition or some kind of a belief in spirituality. Um, 
belief in yeah. ancestors, mm-hmm. like actually watching over you, like again, however that manifests in that person's religious or non-religious um kind of framework i feel like all of those concepts are kind of still there somehow um and i think that's interesting right so like um i i actually don't respect people if they like are adamant that they don't have anything like that uh, like I mean, I'm no kind to be of spiritual connection everything i mean so. <laughs> Well, like, that's what I mean, right? Like, deja vu is, like, really crazy. Like, I I experienced a really extended moment of deja vu the other day for, like, 30 seconds. And I I wasn't doing anything in particular. I was literally just sitting on the toilet. Oh. (laughs) I had one. And and I was was at one with myself, and I was at being with myself. And uh, But I was in the bathroom. And so from the bathroom, I heard like a noise outside like like a bird song or something like something anyway but suddenly i i like entered that like fugue state of deja vu while i'm like shitting on the toilet and i'm like i've been here before and not just because i've been shitting on the toilet right but like the mm -hmm. lighting the sound the like wait where this is going on i'm like the dog's about to come through the door and he did right like shit like that where I could like for a moment go, this is gonna happen next, and this is gonna happen next, and this is and like not just the one instant, but like kind of a few because I whatever. Yeah. I, How I, do I explain that? Exactly. Am I just nuts? Sure. Okay. Well, fine. fair enough, but I don't think that that really answers the question. Agreed. Agreedo. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, so I think I've shared my ghost stories. Have you shared ghost stories? Do you have see. ghost let stories? Me th- let me think about it for a minute. Let me think if I was open-minded enough with my thoughts, if I could really place one. Let's see. I know that the... So, like, Tyler brought this up the other day, and uh, I reminded him about one of the stories from my one of my childhood homes and, like, how scary it was. And he was like, that story was really fucking scary. He's like, please stop talking. <laughs> I was very scared of poltergeist when I was a kid in such that way that I thought it was like real enough. And whenever I saw like a chandelier moving around a little by itself, I was like, ah, it's, it's you know, it's Steven Spielberg's greatest horror masterpiece. Right. <laughs> Come to get us. Um. Oh, no, E.T. is here. E.T. He's back. And this time he's Grab rude. your hammers, friends. Grab your hammers. <laughs> Grab your walkie talkies. That used to be guns. <laughs> Uh, let's see oh let's see her hourglass is still talking here hold on she apologizes for startling me because she says sax.com hey everybody it's ira last week sax.com i wish but no it has to start with a reader sax.com let's click there good enough oh and i can press the button on my keyboard how about the Atira? Last week uh, here at the Hey everybody, Atira. Last week uh, here at the top of the show, I talked about the new podcast by our coworkers at Serial. It's called The Coldest Case in Laramie. This is the first time since Serial Season 1 and the story of Adnan Syed that Serial like is telling the story stuff. of a murder and trying to figure out who did it. Right now what we're going to do is I'm going to play you the trailer and then Do you know what's weird about This American Life? They only post like 10 episodes of their, you know, 8 million episodes on there at once. It's And they like fall off. Very strange. And we're going to start today's show. 
years ago, people, and got... Sax.com. Words that are unbeeped in today's episode of the show. If you prefer a beeped version, you can find... Sax.com editor. Uh, a quick warning. File that clip away for later. <laughs> Sax.com. Sax.com, and then we press split, and then we delete this. Trailer, and then we're going to start today's show. A quick warning: there are curse words that are unbeeped in today's episode of the show. If you Did prefer a beeped version, unbeeped. you can find that at Very our website, NPR. This like American Life. For a beeped version, wow! It's it, it's when I uh, for everyone at home, maybe you maybe you see this too. Um, just watching neighbors go by in their boat. For for people at home too, maybe when you listen to NPR, you hear like, I don't know the the custom-designed audience for that show with the American president we were talking about last week, West Wing. That's like what I see. I see, like, the same person that listens to NPR thought the West Wing was, like, the greatest work of documentary television of all time. I don't know. Maybe not. Who knows? Well, version, you can find that at our website. Nerds, that's what I'm talking about. No, ThisAmericanLife.org. Okay. Good. From WBEZ Chicago. Wait, Beeped in today's that? episode of the show. No, org. I'm just going to go ahead and clip that out. Click. And that's going to get exported. Export. Oh, fuck it. I'll just delete it. The trailer. And then. From WBEZ Chicago. It's This American Life. Story in my family that. Bring your next meeting to Philadelphia. She says it was like an airport gate where the flight's just been canceled for. Sick kids and their parents in wheelchairs because all over the lobby in a messy chaos. I'm always clipping some oh, real. If you prefer a beeped version, here. bring your next meeting to fill it. We're all over the lobby in a messy high. There we go. Wait, what? Is that one that? Like really high. If you prefer a beeped version, you can. Like really high. Yep, that's him. Prefer a beeped version, you can. Split. Delete. Okay. Like really high. People were all over the lobby in a messy chaos. Sitting in wheelchairs because there weren't enough regular chairs. Sitting on the floor. Sick kids and their parents. Ambulance crews with patients waiting to be enough regular chairs. Sitting on the floor. Split. Patients waiting to be seen. Support for This American Life. Supply. Cost. Very much. All of Unbeeped in today's ep. You know, it's a weird thing to sound like relaxed. Who had a read. And... Squarespace is the all unbeeped in today's episode. Unbeeped. Who had a read. And, you know, it's a weird thing to sound like relaxed and natural while reading words off a page in a totally soundproof room, hearing your voice on headphones. And uh, Diane uh, did with Jayong what we always do. She'd tell her, you know, like, go back and do that sentence a little looser or, you know, underline this word or whatever. And that just hit something in Jayang in this way that doesn't usually happen. Having a fellow Asian American having hit something in Jayang in this way that doesn't usually happen. Like me. Doesn't usually happen. Having a fellow Asian American American who looks exactly like me coach me through that process 
hearing exactly how much more American she sounded than me, it made me think anew about my voice and the way I speak English. Okay. I have a bunch of things to say to that. First of all, this idea that... Hey, Brian, I'm going to send you a YouTube video of a This American Life segment that I think might actually be relevant to this. Well, I think it's, yeah, because it's one of the animated ones. Okay. Um, And um, it's also, I think, relevant to the shit that you and I talk about. I was sitting here trying to remember one, and this is maybe the best one I I could come up with. So I'll just... I'll just headline it real quick while it comes up. Sure. Um, it is um, in in this particular episode of This American Life. It's being um, it's a video that's on YouTube and it's being animated by been... what's his name Chris Ware, who who does who did a, a bunch of those nerd cartoons we were just talking about. Okay. And um, but it's telling a story of a woman who has a memory of seeing Jackie Kennedy on a street. And meeting her or having some experience with her. And so years later, she is recalling this memory to a friend or someone, husband maybe, who was there. And they have differing memories of this event. And the entire video little episode thingy is about uh, that. Like how, how their memory is so fallible. Okay. And I don't really remember too much of the details. This was a long time ago. 2009. Wow. It's been around for a long ass time. Okay. It is downloading. It is processing the... Okay. Here we go. And then let me also go ahead and... I'm just going to go ahead and uh, show in Finder. I'm going to drag it over the desktop to make it easier to find. Toss it into our little project here. My friend Robert tells this story about him and his wife Tamar that happened years ago. It's a beautiful, beautiful fall day. And we're walking down Fifth Avenue. The Central Park is on our right. And Tamar is distracted. She looks over her left shoulder and she goes, (gasps) There I see, across the street, Jackie Onassis, President Kennedy's wife. And she's waving very modestly at Tamar. And I thought, oh my God, I didn't know that they knew each other, whatever. And I'm looking at Tamar, and Tamar is looking at Jackie Onassis and gives a very tentative wave. And Jackie, returning the wave, waves just a little harder. And I'm speechless. Now Jackie raises her hand even more excitedly and starts sort of moving it back and forth and back and forth. And Tamar now, with a little bit more enthusiasm, starts waving too. And in that moment, a cab pulls up alongside Jackie Onassis, and what Jackie Onassis has actually been doing is just waiting, waiting for a cab. <laughs> and my wife just by mistake somehow thought that Jackie was waving at her. Now, when Robert's wife Tamar tells the story, there are a few differences in the way that Robert tells it. First of all, she says that it was Madison Avenue, not Fifth Avenue. She says that actually there was a small group of people who observed this happening, so it was especially humiliating. But the main difference between Tamar's version of the story and Robert's is kind of a big one. Tamar says, 
Robert wasn't there. Was not there, not there at all, and she is 100% sure of this. Yes, no, he, as he's described it, he can picture everything about it so very, very vividly. <laughs> Much more vividly than I. I just remember the humiliation of the other people on the street staring at me as the taxi pulled up. Now imagine this from Tamar's perspective, especially you married people out there. This thing happens to her. She comes home, tells her husband, months pass, and then one night they're at a dinner at some people's house. And then I hear him begin to tell this story, except it's both of us. And as we leave that house, I say, you know, Robert, you weren't there. And he says, no, but I remember it. I can picture it. I can see it so clearly. And I say, but you weren't there. She says that I wasn't there, <laughs> which was <laughs> astonishing to me. I mean, I, this is like I can feel this on my skin. Like the, the way the, the sun was catching the leaves, the, my, I remember turning around. I remember the intake of breath and the surprise. I remember all of the little things going on in my mind. Like, how do they know each other? Oh, my God. She said I wasn't there. I was, just, I was never there. But she told it to me, and I just simply, like Genghis Khan or Alexander the Great, I occupied it. Like, <laughs> like it was real estate that I wanted to be part of, so I just marched in and became part of it. Do you believe her that you weren't in it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I, I live, as all married people do, in a courthouse, and the, <laughs> the jury, upon deliberating about this, said, this particular witness has proven over the years a complete complete vera I mean, she is very very believable a credible witness has testified and you sir <coughs> over the years we have formed our own opinions about you judgment to the wife robert yeah if the story about jackie kennedy is true you'd be able to tell me what she was wearing yeah oh yeah she was wearing a suit she was wearing a suit it was a, it had white buttons and it had a collar, and it was a, a skirt with little black. With little, there was a little black stitching, you know, where the where the buttons are attached to the garment. The stitching was black. Okay, you were too far away to see that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I never stopped to wonder about the zoom lens that I apparently had on the uh, handy at that time. experiences in my life that I know for a fact I thought were memories but then upon later going back and re-watching like family videos it was me watching videos and internalizing those as memories and I didn't realize it because I wanted to watch the videos so young that I felt like they were memories so then when I watched them you know when I was like 31 or something like that that was like oh fuck this is crazy <laughs> like all these things I, th I never experienced any of this I was like one that's wild right that like yeah Oh, <laughs> this, mm -hmm. that just upset me greatly. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. Um, I could tell there's a few exact moments where I was like, no, I definitely saw that for sure. But if you do the math, like I would have been like too, way too young to remember anything. Or there's a, I, I or there's saw, a baby I, there. Let, let me, yeah. Uh, let, I, I saw a tweet from someone that said that they they were talking about reincarnation 
as like with an off the cuff joke about like oh i wish i were reincarnated that sounds fun just so, some bullshit as people tend to tweet and someone like jumped in and was like oh have you heard all of these stories of how like young children will say that they remember things from past lives and i was like this person's <laughs> bullshitting and i didn't take an opportunity at that moment because i had like work to do yeah like oh let me go fact check this real quick are you aware of any of this shit colton burpo. have you heard of this colton burpo well what? it's a similar one right colton burpo the kid who oh, claimed yeah, yeah. Uh, five minutes in heaven or whatever <laughs> no burpo. but this person seemed to be referencing like actual stories of this so oh. i'm just gonna sorry i'm just gonna clickety clack into please. the duck duck going please go ahead uh all right um, I remember that Showtime show, though. I, I rented that on DVD from Netflix. Both seasons of that. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to take the hourglass from the beginning. My friend Robert tells this story about him and his wife Tamar. That happened years ago. It's a... That's all we get. Okay, so I'll go ahead and split. Okay. So we have uh, two minutes and 51 seconds of pure, dense hourglass. We've pulled it out of the mines. But if I had to guess, if I okay, do in, you... Sorry. I, I <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm going off ahead. insane again. Here, uh, no, you we were both on are. a thought process. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, allegedly, right? <laughs> so, okay, no, so this is the question. I have found three stories on alleged child reincarnation. Oh, uh, one of them is from BuzzFeed, one of them is from Thought Catalog, and one of them... Wait. <laughs> Oops, sorry. BuzzFeed, Thought Catalog, and then you turn into Max Room. <gasps> oh. And then the New York Times. Okay. I think three equally reputable magazines. Okay. I'm going to start with Thought Catalog, because I think it should be the least vetted. Okay. Right? So the more fantastical, and then maybe we start to pare it down. Let's see what happens. Okay. Uh, dated May 21st, 2014. <coughs> <laughs> is, the, is, the, is the truck backing up? Is that my reality or yours? Can you hear the truck backing up? Well, I heard a I heard a motor outside, but I don't know if I would have said a boat went by earlier. But now I think it's oh. maybe me. Hold on, let me take my headphones off. I want to hear boats. The gain is so high on my microphone that when I take my headphones off, it sounds like the truck is an appropriate distance away and it shouldn't pick up a microphone. <laughs> but it's picking it up like it's like outside my house. Um, I also just made sure my, my door was closed because it's also been gusts. <coughs> 45 mile an hour gusts these last few days. <coughs> wow. And some snow this morning. Yeah, as as Kathy saw earlier, I was out in the sun. Um, that was nice. But um, I hope I'm not sunburnt. I may be able to show up later, probably. Let me go ahead. There we go. I'm going to try to buff out the truck by playing a little music but we'll see how it goes i got everything open it's nice you can hear the birds okay so 
Um, <clears throat> you know, it would be funny. What if I? Uh, what if we just uploaded this MP3 and just saw what happens when you upload less than five minutes of audio? Sure. Okay, let's do it. Let's see how imperfect it is, right? No. Because that's basically what the situation is. Yeah. See, I, I am very mad at my webcam. Huh. But I wonder if it's like I have shit running, so maybe I should sh shut shit off. It's true. Seeing each other is the uh, premium experience that only the participants in this podcast get to get to have, unfortunately, for you at home. Uh, let's see. Ira Glass. Let's call this one because that's what it's about. Okay. And it's funny because I was like on a Zoom meeting all morning and like none of that happened. Hmm. It's haunted, Brian. It's haunted. Well... You know what else is haunted? My brain, because I still can't come up with a haunting story. It's still trying to think of a haunting. Let's see. I'm still trying to find better sources than these three. And then the one in the New York Times is behind a paywall. <laughs> I hate them. I want the gray lady stories about ghosts. I want to know what are the real facts about ghosts that the New York Times will publish. <laughs> because... There's certainly got to be a few. Let's see. Okay, now I'm going to place an audio file into this. Right? Isn't that what I'm doing here? This all makes sense, I'm sure. Yeah, there we go. IraGlass.mp4, everyone. Congratulations to me. Did that do it? shall export selection actually we're going to bounce our selection we're going to bounce it as an mp3 so that it can actually accept it on their website because I don't know how to take files larger than 10 megabytes yet even though it's uh, about voice quality okay the um, buzzfeed article is actually kind of creepy I got creeped out as I kept. I got creeped out by the time I got to number, like really creeped out by the time I got to number four. Okay. But like that's the thing, right? Like I kind of feel like it, I might just, it, like I feel like this is just creepy pasta, right? Oh. I mean, like, some of those it, always got. Some of those got me. I mean, when I was. I mean, and 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 so like they're citing to like TikTok videos, but just because it's on a TikTok video, see, I'm telling you, what the fuck. Can I try restarting and yes. see if that helps my bullshit? Go okay. ahead. And okay. meanwhile, I'll uh, pump this hourglass thing into the internet, and we'll see how it works. Blessings. Brib. Surrounds good.
How you doing, everyone at home? Enjoying this episode? Should be great. I do have a little bit of a surprise. I did actually, didn't I work on a voice? Other than this? Anyway. Uh, let's go ahead and copy that text. See, I'm interested to see how fucked up it is. Find out. This is what I've been concentrating on all episode. I'm sorry if I was distracted. Uh, I just always want to bring you a new voice, and I thought it would be fun just for this one time to bring you the process of what it takes to grab all this stuff. So, when Kathy comes back, I'm gonna click this button. She should be. I need to be aware of the participants window coming up because she'll come through there, and then we'll be ready. Let me open music real quick. Can we listen? No. If you hear those other voices, they're like 150 feet away from me. That's just this microphone. That's, that's what's going on. Stop. 
the camera keeps this up, I'm just gonna cry. Oh. And oh no, I know what I can do. Buy oh my laptop? god. No, no. <laughs> well, didn't... no. Well, I'm. <laughs> I didn't mean it. No, I mean kind of. Well, I'm on my desktop. Too. No, I, I recently received an Amazon gift card. Ah. It, it it was it's not a it's not like a big one it was mm -hmm. like you know i took a i took an online survey and received a 25 dollar amazon credit but i mean i filled out the survey for uh when they were fixing my car and uh i didn't get a amazon gift card i gave them all yeah, tens just like they asked no gift card but. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no you have to uh you have to lie and give them like eights a oh, couple of fours and then they give you the gift card. then they're like oh not happy mm, okay well here's a gift card we hope you'll come back <laughs> oh yeah i'll just do it See, that's how you get to... yeah i don't know they'll get me back i don't know if that's true i'm just a hater Next time a hurricane uh, whips up my car i'll uh i'll uh, visit uh. the same body shop let's see where was i here oh yeah we uh i was gonna click this for you i prepared a little bit of text earlier i wrote like a paragraph to get a couple paragraphs, I think, maybe. Um, I'm going to go ahead and click this button. We're going to see what, you know, that limited amount of audio sounds like. From WBZ Chicago, it's This American Life. I'm Ira Glass. Today on our show, we're bringing you a fascinating conversation from the podcast Reality Issues, hosted it's by the delightful duo Brian Glass. and Kathy. This podcast explores our perception of reality through the lens of reality television and current events, all while maintaining a transparent facade of positivity. In this week's episode, they'll be discussing the intriguing new TLC show, Seeking Brother Husband, a program that delves into the world of polyamory. Alongside this, Brian, Kathy, and their special guest, Michelle, will talk about the latest developments in AI and even dive into some Love Island conversation. Reality Issues is perfect for those who have expanded their minds beyond the realm of the ordinary. The hosts share their insights and experiences with psychedelics and their impact on our perceptions of reality. You'll feel like you're sitting right there with them, engaged in a long, ad hoc, friendly discussion as they weave in AI-generated celebrity voices for comedic effect. So, stay with us as we embark on this mind-bending journey filled with laughter, intriguing anecdotes, and personal stories, all within a two, three-hour weekly episode. Act One of This American Life, featuring episode 0045 of Reality Issues, begins right after this short break. Thank you, Ira. <clears throat> it's not bad for two and a half, three minutes. No, that's pretty good. Uh, Brian, I have some breaking news. Yes, Kathy. Okay, so... Before I get to the breaking news, some mm -hmm. uh, details for our listeners who may not have been following this story as closely as you and I have been. Mm. Um, so we are all aware of the Alec Baldwin Rust film scenario. Yes. Well, recently in the newspapers, there has been a coming and going because um, the district attorney was going to appoint a special prosecutor, a Ken Starr, if you will, Ooh. to make an analogy, right? Mm -hmm. um, Alec Baldwin's attorneys contested the appointment of that particular special prosecutor because she was also a New Mexico legislator, and the state constitution prevents... These two individuals from like like holding the same position. There's like at the same time, right? So there's like some procedural shit. Okay. But that meant that they could get a different person. Ah. Uh -huh. Okay. So. And. 
But they're fighting even having the second person. The oh. district attorney is like, I want to keep this case, right? Mm -hmm. So they're kind of wrangling about it. But the case isn't stopping, right? So like there's some, there's been like a flurry of motions and things have been going on. And so to the breaking headline, Rust assistant director David Halls oh. pleads no contest to weapons charge. Negligent use of a deadly weapon in connection with the October 2021 shooting death of cinematographer Hutchins, a 42-year-old wife and mother, etc., etc. Um, and then the article just continues. Oh, I just retweeted it. It just posted. Okay, so yeah. I have a couple of questions for someone who's a little more lawyerly than myself. Mm -hmm. What does it mean for a civil case? There isn't it, the civil case was done already. What does it mean for any pending case that now so, there has been like a guilty verdict? Even well, if it's not his. this guy's pleading no contest. Well, there's no right? contest. The so, thing is like essentially. He's basically saying, "I'm not going to argue this." Oh. Right. So um, literally just kind of like, I'm not even going to try to say I'm guilty or not guilty. Like it just I want this to be over, essentially. Right. right. Um, but that's probably because what they've also done is probably gotten this guy to be a witness in what will be the Alec Baldwin trial. Right. So like he. He's probably getting a no contest. So, like, let me see. Mm. Uh, let's see what the details of it are. Because that he's pleading no contest. He's saying, I don't want to fight this charge. It's a pretty serious fucking charge. Let's be real with ourselves. A, I mean, it's it's bad. It just sounds bad. I mean, maybe you what? Let's see what. Let's see what does he get time? What is what is the beautiful legal jargon for no contest again? No low something. No low contendere. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Um, no low bitch, <laughs> as it were. I um, it, it says so he's gonna have suspended sentence of six months incarceration, unsupervised probation, standards, five hundred dollar fine, twenty four hours of community service, gun safety course, and cooperate with the state in the prosecution of his co defendants' cases. There we go. Baldwin and armorer Hannah Gutierrez-Reed. Co-defendants. So now mm -hmm. he was added as a co-defendant for this, and then they kind of had a little quiet side thing with him in it because he pleaded no contest, so there was no trial. Was that the... So he might, I mean, I don't, I don't know the details of exactly how many charges they've been hit with and of what severity. I remember that Baldwin's in particular, I think are going to be high. I don't, you know, they're trying to go for like felony charges, I think in some of these cases, mm -hmm. right? So... But I think like what they're also just kind of doing at this point is just kind of setting up Alec Baldwin and the rest of us in the world to know that like, first of all, this isn't the Gwyneth Paltrow ski accident case, right? This is quite serious. Um, Yes, absolutely. And it sets a standard yeah. for how all of Hollywood should operate safely. And or if at the very least, it shows a good example of someone to be punished for something that they actually did and you know mm -hmm. when court records so here's how this goes court records said halls had called out cold gun before handing the revolver to baldwin mm -hmm. 
indicating it contained no live ammunition. But he did so without checking the gun to ensure every round was indeed a dummy round. Halls was standing three feet from Hutchins when she was struck by the bullet. He indicated that pleading no contest made things easier on the Hutchins family and his co-defendants. Um, and, and how, <clears throat> in our minds, since we're a little critical of this whole scenario and who is at fault or who's the victim and everything, um, what exactly what is the scenario these days with the surviving spouse? Isn't Aren't they still hooked up in some kind of financial reward into the production if they were to actually make it, which is like a totally conflicting motivation now, like... Is that the I mean, but that I, I mean that, it's like the the in another way, like the shitty part is that has nothing to do with it, right? Like, like as far as our as far as the Santa Fe District Attorney is concerned, anyway, especially right? Because it's being made somewhere else now too. Mm -hmm. She's saying this is like like what they've been saying is that this was like reckless negligence, that this was like kind of above and beyond negligence. And and you, you and I have talked about this on, on this show plenty because you and I have also talked about the walkings off of the set even ahead of time. Yes. Right? Like, um, there were a lot of safety concerns on that set. That was making headlines, like, in our little fucking town even before the shooting happened. Because, yeah. like, um, the word gets around. This town, as we've mentioned, this this town isn't that big. So when people are like, oh, I... And then people who were on that set were able to also say shit. Like, oh, well, we were complaining about other safety issues here, too. Right? So I think, like... I think, that, again, we this is why she has to kind of be aggressive with it. I don't think she cannot be aggressive. Whether she appoints a special prosecutor or keeps the case herself in, in their office, I don't think matters. Either way, like... I don't know. She's gonna have to do something. And I think this is just kind of a signal, like... I don't know. I'm sure lawyers also are going to be like, I'm I'm not the fucking country... I'm not the fucking country bumpkin lawyer you think we are, ho big shot Hollywood lawyers from Alec Baldwin, right? Like, because yeah. let's also be real about that. That's probably what they're thinking, too. So... There's... <clears throat> I, I'm certain that New Mexico has some great lawyers, probably because they were, had retired from other locations to New Mexico, and they were great with it, where they were, and then used all that money from being great to get there, and that's what they do now. Is, you know, like uh, you know, your classic Hamlin McGill, were it to be a real thing, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, literally. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's kind of disturbing. It I was sucks. Just ask I you, uh, one question. Do you know how, uh, do you remember how soon before the incident that the, all the union people actually quit? Was it like two weeks or a week or? It was like not even. It was like that same week, I think. Wow. I mean, maybe, here, let, let's see. Let, let's go back into the archives because mm -hmm. the San, you know, the Santa Fe New Mexican is, of course, our local paper of record. That is true.
home this little ASMR of Brian drinking there for you. There's a bird ASMR. Sounds like a, oh, another one. Two different birds. Please write a middle section to fill time as we read something. Okay, so here from the archives. Yes. Yes, Kevin. Um, the very first uh, mention of the Rust set with Alec Baldwin in the Santa Fe, New Mexican, is um, October 21st, which is when it basically happened like breaking news and it continues to be updated for a while okay um and then october 22nd headline rust crew members raised safety concerns before fatal shooting okay so it was reported after mm -hmm. so it was reported after but the um the the concerns were happening before so this is what it says troubles began stirring on the set of alec baldwin's film rust at bonanza creek ranch in the days and even hours before cinematographers helena hutchins's death in the productions early days crew members began complaining of poor working conditions and safety issues leading many to walk off the set in protest early thursday According to social media posts, hours later, Baldwin, the film star and producer, fired a prop gun and inadvertently killed Hutchins. So they walked out okay. um, in protest of their working conditions. And then Baldwin basically said, fuck your union. I'm continuing anyway. I mean, I don't. I, I can't imagine that's what he actually said, but, but, but that's let's how he acted. Say, basically, this is the case. So let's say that this scenario was presented to the MPAA. How do they even, like, release this film? How do they even allow this film to be released? Because the well, way that those unions work is they're supposed to, like, block the release of a film, or at least if you're a part of the association, which you must be. Well, see, you... and I think it, like, wasn't a union set. So, like, uh, oh. let me see. Hold on. Let's. Uh, I'm going to continue because it does say... Okay. Um. Oh, it says it says okay. Uh It says filming began first week of October. Was expected to continue into November. So if it began, so it was like only 2 weeks into production at that point. Um, there were supposed to be 75 in-state crew, 22 actors, and 230 local people doing background. And then it says, um, sources told the LA Times crew members had been promised compensation for hotel rooms in Santa, Santa Fe, but were told within the first days of filming that instead they needed to stay in Albuquerque and make the commute. Dispute came as members of IATSE, including in Santa Fe, were beginning a nationwide strike on Monday. IATSE was arguing that crew members were forced to work excessive hours with few breaks. The strike was called off Sunday when new negotiations were scheduled, according to a news release from IATSE. 
but on the set of Rust, the environment was growing more tumultuous. By Thursday morning, crew members had endured enough. Um, sources close to the production said that it was not the first time a gun had misfired on the set. Uh, excuse me? I didn't know that part. What? I mean, I don't know how verified that is at this moment, right? Like, sources say yeah, right. that it was not the first time that a gun was fired on set or misfired yeah um i wonder if they're also including that target practice they were doing which was obviously against the rules but you know oh oh this is why a post circulating on social media purportedly from a member of the rust camera team said quote the entire camera crew walked off that morning the post which said thursday shooting was not an isolated incident said the crew members wrote resignation letters citing everything from lack of payment for three weeks, taking our hotels away despite asking for them in our deals, lack of COVID safety and gun safety concerns. Nearly seven hours after they left and were replaced by non-union workers, according to the Times and the social media post, 911 dispatchers in Santa Fe received a call reporting Hutchins and Souza had been shot. Seven hours seven hours after the I said weeks union when I was crew. asking the question. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be right back and I'm going to go check my dog. Yeah. So, that's crazy. Yeah. Only seven hours. Yeah, so even in this article from back then, um, Baldwin 63 had fired what Halls told him was a cold gun. Um, And then it says, social media was flooded with comments. One person wrote on a Facebook page for a film crew group that workers had been fighting to get local hotel rooms and da 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 and kind of kept talking about it. Comments were also posted on Hall's Facebook page. I hope you made sure that a light was run through each barrel of the prop weapons before they were used. That's like an AD is supposed to make sure. Interesting. One person wrote. That's the code then. Yeah, so based on those reports, let me see. What else does it say? I remember that it was one live bullet, two blanks, and then three empty chambers. Which really also meant that in this circumstance, it was Russian roulette on top of everything else. In this circumstance, were everything to be as accounted for, as accounted by everyone, I guess, at this point. Um, So another article, this one about her vigil... October 23rd. Um, the vigil occurs in Albuquerque. Right. And it continues to say, um, 
Melvin Prescott, a special effects artist with Local 480, said he was at the vigil because he was hurt, angry, and confused as to why this type of thing keeps happening. A lot of rules were broken, and I guess people don't know the procedure, said Prescott, who said he had friends on the set of The Crow when Brandon Lee was accidentally shot and killed in 93. A gun handed to Baldwin was supposed to be cold, meaning it didn't contain live ammunition, including blanks, a crew member told the LA Times. Another misfire had occurred the previous week, the Times reported. This thing should never happen, Prescott added. There should never be live ammo on the set. I've been asked to be involved in training and education, and after this, I really feel like that's the only thing I can now do is to try to mentor and teach people who don't know the way things are done and why. Several other people spoke at the vigil. Um, You ever been to a a, a range, Kathy? Shotguns and all that stuff. So are you familiar with the concept of the hot cold and all that? You call that. Mm -hmm. So like, (laughs) if that's the case... So if they're doing hot cold even with like blanks, I, I just don't even know how this happens unless. Well, like I, I mean, this is the thing. Like, not only are they supposed to be completely empty, but like, I mean, blanks or no, like it's like what that dude said. Like, th- that's also what happened to Brandon Lee. Like, yeah. that's why you also don't ever fucking point a gun at someone. No like, what, period. Yeah. Hard stop. Yep. Like. You have camera tricks for that, but I guess you have camera tricks for that if you have union cameramen, right? <laughs> so exactly. like, there, there it fucking is, right? right. So like, I don't know. I, I, and I, again, this is also why I think that like, there's going to be all of this political pressure. Like, mm. yeah. we have like one union in fucking New Mexico, and it's IATSE. That's it, right? Like, right. Chicago could probably claim, like, you know, the bricklayers and the fucking meatpackers and shoremen and all kinds of shit. There's no union activity in New Mexico. There's one Starbucks in Albuquerque that's unionized, and that's it. Wow. We have fucking hundreds of Starbuckses, like, everywhere else, like, unionized. One in New Mexico, right? So, like, anyway, that, that's a different conversation. No, but... we should have. I'd like to have at some point. Oh my god! I wasn't really fully aware of that in New Mexico specifically. Yeah, no, I mean, IATSE's. I mean, yeah, there's other unions. Of course, we have the Carpenters Union, we have Teamsters and stuff like that. But there's not like a history of union organizing and union thought thinking, right? Um, and like, and like, I don't know that I knew enough actors in in Los Angeles that that wasn't the case with them. Right, very aware of their contractual requirements for like breaks and timings and hours and credits and residuals and payments and background versus speaking and lines and per word even like shit. People knew that shit, right? Like backwards and forwards, I guess. But like, I don't know. That's not a conversation I just hear at the bar around here, you know? Like people aren't just talking about their fucking rights and shit, you know? Like, Anyway, God bless us. But that's a different conversation, like I said. Um, It's... uh, So if they're one of our more powerful unions, basically because they're one of our only unions, again, besides, like, government workers, which are going to be, like... um, What are they? I... SEIU? I think they're SEIU employees. Anyway, I don't remember. I don't remember what the city employees are. Um, but the point being is, like, they're they're also basically making the Democratic Party. That's true. 
Dem Party headquarters is at IATSE headquarters. They're oh, co-located. that's right. Uh, yeah, um, I remember that building. Like, it's on Sirius, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, like, Alec Baldwin. What are you thinking? Like, <laughs> that's true. Considering and who he is in that whole configuration, too. Yeah. Oh, or even, uh, even in the uh, kind of like. I don't know, the public mind as, as the, the lampooner of in chief or whatever his mm -hmm, role mm -hmm. was. Which I thought was a Yeah, no, it's it, so but... I'm very upset. I'm very upset by it just because fuck him. Mm -hmm. You know, film unions are probably... I hope he goes to jail. You know, and th that's like hard to say. I don't want anyone in jail. I was but... thinking about that. Yeah. But just kind of like how I like like how I want to see Trump in jail. Yes. It's like if I could. Oh my god. You once asked me five or six weeks ago if I thought that we would see this, and well, what you specifically said, what you specifically asked me is, would there, would we see a picture of him in jail or something like that? And I think I said no, but I didn't say no to just that situation. I said no to the entire scenario because I didn't think that he. I thought he would be in too much legal without hair and makeup for this and shit. There. Yeah, but I, I did. Uh, I did create the um, the photo. Maybe that's what I used for the cover photo. That fake that I made. Um, but I was thinking that like the film union is actually a really good example of a way to break a union. I, the ideas of unions into certain states because they're so visible because you know at the end of your favorite tv programs at the end of the credits are you trying to eat flowers what are you doing you're going, to sit, going crazy um <laughs> at the end of every episode of these things you have like the georgia one isn't don't they have like their own little iotsi branch out there i'm sure they do um and um i think that with any kind of visibility to the public who probably don't even know what a union are or anything anymore. <laughs> Seeing that little seal at the end of their movies when they see the MPAA and all that, it must have you know, any impact see, at all. And, well, I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I guess maybe even if it's okay because it's somehow not a snuff film or whatever, like, I would I, I would be horrified at the very thought of someone being like hey do you want to go see the new rust movie yes. like i think if violet crown played it i would fucking burn that place to the ground violet crown you have been warned hey, like, your pizza oven is extremely defective i'm sure so i mean I, I i will just fucking go in there and torch it myself i don't i will not come up with a pretext parody I will just do it. <laughs> like, and, and you know what? They can submit this shit into evidence. I don't give a <laughs> Kathy, do you think most Americans really know that. what a longshoreman is? All I know... No, of course, parody redacted. Let me ask And the you. fact that there is a proud history of government buildings in Santa Fe mysteriously going up in flames, I'm sure is just a coincidence. Hmm. Uh, our first Capitol building, our first main courthouse, um, I think our second main courthouse. No, our first main courthouse was never built. And then the second main courthouse burnt to the ground. And so then they built it on the place where the first courthouse was supposed to be or well, something like that. What about that <laughs> one that's like the old Capitol? Isn't that like, didn't that burn down at some point too? The one that's like the palace of, what is it called? The... 
oh was no like the governor's I mean, estate or something yeah so the palace of the governors That's was it. where the spanish were installed oh. and then when in 1680 during the pueblo revolt when the uh in, when the northern pueblos banded together to get the spanish the fuck out of santa fe for a minute mm -hmm. um they took it over again and basically were using it as as like their residences so that was pretty cool i don't think they they didn't exactly burn it right but i do think that they like made mm, let's just say they remodeled it was <laughs> uh was that the um episode of santa fe history that was recounted in drunk history I hope so. I, think, I hope they I talked about the Pueblo Revolt because that's like maybe the coolest part. Because it's also the like first, it's like the oh, first okay. revolution against colonial powers in the in North America. So like, not the American Revolution. Fuck those people. They didn't figure anything out. We were in the Rough Wild Riders West episode. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Drunk history takes on New Mexico history Tuesday night, and who? Oh, I had no idea. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let me. Uh, yeah, that one. Go ahead and click this here. I don't oh, I had no it. idea. That's Johnny Knoxville. New Mexico Santa Fe drunk history. I think Fortune Feimster is actually the one who reads it, which is funny because I didn't know who she was before we invited her to the the comedy thing. Um. Is it not like not up anymore? Hmm. 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 Valley, Billy the Kid, Teddy Roosevelt, and no, that's not it. Hmm. Oh, wait, hold on. I have something queued up here. Hold on. I'm going to go ahead and click <gasps> this. I just created this earlier in case this happened so we don't have dead air. As Brian and Kathy take a moment to gather their thoughts and dive into an interesting piece they'd like Kathy to share with you, this, let's take a brief intermission to discuss a topic that's been on our minds recently. You know, it's fascinating how reality TV has had such a significant impact on our culture and the way we perceive the world. As we watch the lives of others unfold on screen, we can't help but compare ourselves to them and wonder how we might react in similar situations. And what about those AI-generated celebrity voices that Brian and Kathy have been using for comedic effect? It's astonishing to think about how far technology has come and the new ways we're finding to connect with one another. What's even more remarkable is how the hosts of reality issues manage to seamlessly integrate these discussions into their long, ad hoc conversations. Their ability to draw from their personal experiences and the use of psychedelics creates a unique space for listeners to expand their minds and consider new perspectives. As we wait for Brian and Kathy to return, let's take a moment to reflect on our own experiences and thoughts about reality. How do the things we watch, read, and engage with shape our understanding of the world? And how can we use these insights to create deeper connections with those around us? Now let's return to reality issues as Brian and Kathy share their reading with us, shedding light on yet another captivating aspect of our ever-evolving reality. Thank you, Ira. Um, I actually do have it here. It is the episode called New Mexico. It is season three, episode 10. And I think, I think that's it. But we'll, we'll find out here in a second. 
Drunk History was what? Comedy Central? Yes. Yes. I believe so. Let me pull up my Hulu. I bet you it's on there. That makes sense. Jesus Christ. Will this work? No. Oh, of course my password isn't saved. That would be two. Oh, God, it's the best the problem. It's saved four different times. It's also on Paramount. Okay. Wait, did that one actually work? I'm sharing my location with Hulu so they know what my local channels are. Oh, hey, okay. So here we go. Let's type in Drunk History. Drunk History, Argentina. I'm sure that'll be a, something we'll come back to. Season 3. Episode mm -hmm. Mexico. And then we click. Nope, we just wait for that to play. And then we're going to go ahead and drop our... Oh, is it going to play? Hope he marched 2,500 people into Santa Fe. The Spanish, they're like, what do we do? Ernest Thompson Seton gets out to New Mexico and he says, I hear there's all these wolves mm. to kill. Is Hulu <laughs> thinking about screen capture? Is that the trick here? <laughs> you know, Paramount Major Plus Jesse Marcel says, we have discovered. God, that loaded in like an instant. That was insane. Okay. Uh, no, we're learning things here. Yeah. We are. Yes, use my location again. Okay. Uh, drunk in history. Tales of the inebriated past. Uh, oh, wow, there's doubles. But let's assume it's this one, I think. Perhaps one's just each season. Yeah, okay. So season three. New Mexico. Here we go. Paramount Plus don't care about screen capturing, I don't think. Let's hope that detention will be to, enough to get you to start acting like ladies. Maybe sometimes you gotta be bad to do good. He marched 2,500 people into Santa Fe. The Spanish, they're like, what do we do? Ernest Thompson Seton gets out to New Mexico and he says, I hear well, we can all experience it such as the, uh, <laughs> listen. <laughs> Major no, okay, I know. I know what we'll do. We have discovered this will be our home. A crashed uh -huh. flying saucer. Uh, and, and, and we'll literally come right back to this conversation next week. Okay. I mean, you know. As it were. Okay. Because I want to watch it. Yes, I agree. I do too. Having never seen any, like I've seen like two episodes or whatever. And then I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I think cool. I might actually own it on. I'm going to go do this with my friends instead. Amazon. <laughs> let's see. Amazon. Do I own it on Drunk History? I might have actually bought it like when I lived there and found about this. Here, 
Yeah. Wow, they really want me to just... I'm not doing an OTP. Thank you. Yes, I agree with Kathy. We will do this as homework <laughs> next week. Um, but yes, we will find it. We'll go through it. And um, wow. Yeah. Go ahead and no, so, no, no. We just kind of experienced a lot, though, all at once. Yes. Have you <laughs> checked out Seeking Brother Husband, Kathy? I did. How did I you did. feel about that show? Um, well, I did like where, um, I think it was maybe the second person profiled. Yes. And I'm so bad with names. You know how I am with this. But I think it was the second person who was profiled. But one of them said something like, um, you know, when a man has lots of ladies, he's called like a player or whatever. And, You're watching. you know, something about these double standards, which, you know, of course, I like completely agree with in that sense. Right. Um, but I think nonetheless, like, I, I think there's. Um, it, it's still got more of this like poly vibe, right, yes. where it's it's like it doesn't seem like actually seeking sister wife right where that actually felt like oh like are these mormons like mm. you know like where yeah. is it like um this seems like something about like patriarchy whereas like here this feel like and that's why i'm like kind of even confused by the title because i feel like it should have been like well welcome to the or like there goes the polycule or something welcome like to the po yeah paul paul no that's too yeah too much. welcome to the i don't know something welcome yeah <laughs> That will be what we call it when we make our version of it. Um, I like that one, actually. I'm going to underline that three times. Uh, let's see if a little bit of audio does justice here at all. TLC On Demand. Polyandry is the practice of one woman having multiple husbands. I have two husbands who love me. <laughs> There's definitely like a double standard. When a female has multiple partners, it's, oh my gosh, she's such a slut. She sleeps around. How is it the sleeping situation? Not all one room. No. I'm on room and then she shares a room with him. Oh. You know, you were the first man I let my partner, you know, Kim be with. I was watching my partner fall for another man right before my eyes. And how are you going to juggle three guys like that? Uh, well, that's the show, in fact. <laughs> yeah. Um, this show is amazing. I think that it has more possibilities to break through in terms of uh, expansion into all kinds of stuff. I think that there will definitely be multiple seasons of it. I think that they already have a compelling editing method. It has the teen mom editing method where they're going to follow multiple couples. It seems like even episode two will have mm -hmm. another couple on top of that. So it is like they're going to introduce more people over time. And perhaps as storylines fade out, maybe they'll phase people out, phase more people in just like that. So mm -hmm. interesting mm -hmm. format. Seems like they can mm -hmm. kind of do it indefinitely, which is exciting. And all made in Georgia by the fine folks in the uh, Georgia Film Union, I'm sure. Film office or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, get their discount. 
Funny um, you bring up Teen Mom because I actually started watching Teen Mom again this week because I was it, yeah. it made me like think of it actually. So I was like, oh, I should watch the first Teen Mom. And once you get through season one, go ahead and start watching Teen Mom too because it's where it, where it kicks in. And then after that, mm-hmm. then they started running them simultaneously. Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. No, it's very it's very very delightful, very enjoyable. So you, um, uh, don't forget about Sixteen and Pregnant as well. For those are the origin story. Oh, I'm sure you know about that. For everyone oh, home, I didn't know. So those were the first ones. So Sixteen and Pregnant. Each episode of Sixteen and Pregnant is potentially an origin story of one of the eventual eventually followed people in the series so you can if you want to know the origin story for any of those people you've seen in the show just go back and it is they will have their very own episode of 16 and pregnant delightful Um, check it out because those are pretty dramatic and some of those don't want to miss those wild stuff find pick your faves and and go back and and see about those moms Uh, you want to know about um gary you want to see all of gary's story and getting yelled and hit stuff you want to see it <laughs> getting yelled in it yeah I really i really want him to not be a piece of shit right he just keeps getting beat up he, he never touches her he did well i don't think so i think he just gets the shit beat out of him constantly and goes like oh what is happening <laughs> like i'm gonna return my metal gear solid 3 playstation 3 to target so you stop beating me up anyway teen mom it's a production of the viacom corporation viacom cbs in fact Oh my gosh, so many moms to keep track of. We have the t- moms, we have the manor moms, we have the the dance moms. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the pageant moms, right? Because that was uh, Honey Boo Boo. What was her name? Here what was comes the name of Honey Boo Boo. Here comes Honey Boo Boo. Although she was originally a character that was plucked off of toddlers and tiaras. That's the one I was thinking of. The other mom, because it was she wasn't just the only one. It was the the whole Tiara show. Yes. Wow. Mm. Mm. I I I feel like enough time has gone by that I'd like to know what happened to all of the kids. Oh well. Like, how do they feel about it now? Are are there any where? Are there any? Yeah. Is is there any toddler and? I think she actually might be in. Um, Elena. I'll need to type in Elena. Elena Thompson. Yeah, that's right. Um, let's see. Oh, we're, uh, Elena's talking down haters. Let's see if she has something to say. Eight months ago. Yeah, this is eight, this is her eight months ago. These days, you know, y'all are all living together. You got two more in the bunch. Draylen as well from time to time. It's very hectic. It is very hectic trying to keep them, make sure Lana's got in, you know, doing what she needs to do and got what she's got going on. And then Draylen, he's a handful too. He's almost like my kid too. Yeah. But it's all good because like having the tiny village and stuff. Well, I'm really excited for Alana because. Um, well, when Draylon first started coming around, you know, I mean, he is a little bit older. Um, Josh is also a little bit older than me, and that's obviously where the bat- a lot of backlash that they get. Um, it is what it is. But I like Draylon a lot. The kids love Draylon. Josh loves Draylon, and to me, like 
that's all that really matters. You know, and like I don't care about all the background noise. His family is so great. They, we spent Christmas with them. We spent Thanksgiving with them. Any type of birthday parties, they've always shown up. They've always shown up to baby showers and stuff like that. So at least over the last year and seven months, they have been very good to us. They have treated us just like family. That's Same incredible. That's awesome. I love to hear that for you, Alana. So we, we hear how much Pumpkin loves Mr. Draylon here. So what do you love about him? I get this question all the time. Give it to me, I never know what to say though. Like, but what do you never. enjoy about you know being with him, hanging out like, with him? Everything. Everything. <laughs> His uh, personality. I mean, he drives yeah. you everywhere too. Yeah. I, uh, I just interrupted. Dion Don eight months ago. Pumpkin has always amazed me with her maturity level that seems well beyond her years, and Alana is taking after her sister. Glad to see Pumpkin remains a positive role model in Alana's life. Four hundred eighty-five. Reply 9 replies, Cherie sets, Cherie sets, eight months ago, edited. She deserves all the love she's getting in her life right now. Finally, having a secure home with her big sissy, of course, and even love from her boyfriend's parents. All this means so much to a teenager. Happy tears for this young lady. She's been through enough, and being showered with secure love is what her big heart needs and deserves. Proud of both these young ladies, I truly am. 299, reply 10, replies, Sally Hudson. Sally Hudson, eight months ago. I just have to say how impressed I am with Alana and Pumpkin. They both turned out to be amazing young women, despite all odds. Alana is a really good kid. Both these young ladies... That went out. <laughs> I will absolutely look at the timestamp there. See, this is what happens when I look at uh, our... Well, but... But that's YouTube's fault. Let's be real with ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's not even like a... Uh, like, like, kind of, like, obfuscated way of putting that word in there it is and that's very strange that's very disturbing for youtube yeah. i wonder if that's been reported <laughs> hold on i'm going in there to report and block that <laughs> okay, thank you how do i get back to where i was here i had this text in here uh i don't think i'm doing a text i'll just copy this text and now of course the vice no, the voice people are robots. They, they don't know anything. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. As Kathy and Brian take a brief pause to explore an engaging piece they'd like to share with you, let's use this intermission to delve deeper into some of the intriguing aspects of reality issues. It's quite remarkable how Brian and Kathy managed to bring together their unique perspectives and experiences, creating a space for listeners to contemplate the boundaries of reality. They've found a way to connect their love for reality like TV, like Seeking Brother Husband and Love Island, with broader discussions around AI developments and the role of technology in our lives. But the heart of reality issues lies in the personal anecdotes and stories that Brian and Kathy share. Through these intimate moments, they allow us to see how their own experiences with psychedelics have expanded their minds and altered their perceptions of reality. As listeners, we're not only entertained, but also invited to reflect on our own journeys. During this brief intermission, let's ponder the impact of the media we consume on our own perspectives. How do the stories and characters we encounter in books, TV shows, and even podcasts like Reality Issues shape our beliefs and understanding of the world? With that in mind... Let's eagerly anticipate Brian and Kathy's return as they dive into a captivating reading 
that promises to challenge our assumptions and provoke thought about the complex and ever-changing nature of reality. Thank you, Ira. Thank you for saving us from that hell that we just experienced. Right now, I have to remember at 1 minute and 37 seconds, I need to go back and erase something. Um, uh, well, let's see. I know that there was actually something I wanted to discuss. I had like a... Hold on. I have another follow-up to the... So when I was searching for the Santa Fe New Mexicans' very first mention of the Rust Alec Baldwin saga, it did, of course, pull up every single article they've ever written. So, I'd like to just point something else out again because I missed this little detail. Okay. okay. January 12th, right? So, remember this happened in October. So, now we're like three or four months out from when it happened. Okay. The first lawsuit in New Mexico tied to the fatal shooting of the set on the set of the Rust film production came Wednesday. A complaint filed on behalf of the armorer accusing Seth Kenny and his business PDQ Arms and Prop in Albuquerque of supplying her with mislabeled dummy ammunition that included live rounds. Lawsuit goes on to say, describes a rushed and chaotic atmosphere on the set, perfect storm for a safety breach, Etc., 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 is what the prosecutors are, of course, saying. And then, as it continues in this particular article, it says that um, based on this, the agency executed a search warrant on the business. Um, da 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 da. They, they, uh, Gutierrez's read the armorer's lawsuit alleges that Kenny and his company provided misrepresented ammunition and goes on to talk about all kinds of other things. Okay, so. Uh, let's see. Three months after that in April, the prop guy releases a bunch of text messages that he had had with her. Oh. Three months before a fatal shooting on the Russ movie set, armorer Hannah Gutierrez Reed asked the owner of a film prop weapons company whether she could shoot hot rounds on a different movie set. Seth Kenny, (laughs) the owner of Albuquerque-based PDQ Arm and Prop, pretty dang quick, asked Gutierrez what she meant by a hot round. (laughs) Well, like a pretty big load of actual ammunition, she replied in the text exchange. Despite Kenny's warning to Gutierrez Reed never to shoot live ammunition out of prop guns, calling it, quote, a serious mistake that, quote, always ends in tears, Gutierrez Reed brushed him off, telling him it was good information to know, but, quote, I'm still gonna shoot mine. The text exchange between the pair... Uh, is among a slew of evidentiary materials that Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office publicly released earlier this week. Yeah. I don't know how you get out of that. No, I don't think how you... Yeah. I don't, I don't think you do. Yeah. I don't think you do. Um, and so the fact that she was like, he tricked me. Yeah, that doesn't... Mm, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I'll bet that really pissed off the DA. So now I'm kind of really understanding some of this a little bit more. So, 
she's reaching out to the probably one of the only gun and prop armorers in the area probably i mean i'm sure there's a few but i'm sure he's probably one of the best ones right so working on a different film asking in three months can i start shooting off live rounds right it kind of sounds like she's asking on alec baldwin's behalf yes um and i'm still gonna do it because like it sounds to me as a young girl that she would be like i say young girl because she's like 23 or some shit yeah. she's young um Early 20s for sure. yeah um she's probably like this alec baldwin movie is gonna make my fucking career and i don't yes. i don't think that she'd be wrong about that right like but that's probably why Alec Baldwin isn't going to Seth Kenny, the owner of Albuquerque-based PDQ Arms and Prop, because that dude is going to say, Alec Baldwin, what the fuck is your problem? Yeah. Mm. And well, now she's not going to work on John Wick 5 because uh, she'll probably be in jail. So I'm just getting more and more mad as I read these articles, Brian. I feel like, uh, like I am, like I am really wanting to see his ass in jail at this point. Like even just for like a few days. I, like, I agree. Uh, do you think that? Um, I remember that there was some uh, changes with they had to drop like the gun charge from his charges. Is that like going to result in anything severe? Is that going to impact the case in a big way or? It's, no, because it's like, like that's probably just like possession of the gun yeah. or something or like, I don't know. He didn't have a gun permit. Something that's probably like just like a fine anyway. Right. I don't remember what yeah. it was, but I am excited to continue going through these articles when I'm a little less mad. But it looks like I'm almost done. <laughs> <laughs> At least to, to these ones. No, I'm only halfway down the page. My bad. <laughs> Did I click something here? click this um yeah what else have i been watching oh i've gotten tyler hooked on bar rescue Ooh. and so i queued up uh the very uh i guess there is one season of marriage rescue with uh john taffer so that's been added to the list we'll probably be binge watching that over I'm the a, weekend a, so i will definitely report back yeah some paramount Shout out to our non-sponsors. We still hate having to pay for all your different services. Go it's to true. hell. I would rather pay for one thing, just like we have with cable, and then all the things are back on, except it's on the internet. That would be great. Thank you, all those companies that could make that possible and could make money off of it and could make everything easier for us and just haven't done it yet. And now that VPNs have been outlawed because of TikTok, we may never be able to download ever again. That's not true. I'm sure we'll find ways. We'll get online. Wait, that's the wrong person. <laughs> um, let's see if it knows. Wait, what? Wait, get us all? It's talking as me. It's changed from being Ira Glass into being me. Oh wow! For some reason, I didn't. I didn't. It's <laughs> been so used to. It's the Brian and the machine. Is it writing? Is it? It's kind of writing and interesting. I mean, it doesn't know how I talk, but I might say something like the bar rescue guy. 
Of course I wrote that, but let's see. But that's his name. That's true. I wrote that because I couldn't remember and I thought that would get me the answer in an amusing way. Let's find out. I'm just going to grab a little piece of food while this talks. Welcome back to Reality Issues, the podcast where we delve into the depths of our perception of reality through the lens of reality television, personal anecdotes, and current events. I'm Brian, and joining me as always is the brilliant Kathy. Today we have an interesting treat for you. We'll be discussing Marriage Rescue, a show hosted by none other than John Taffer, the bar rescue guy himself. Known for his ability to turn around struggling bars, Taffer now takes on the challenge of helping couples in crisis save their marriages. In this show, he employs his no-nonsense approach to tackle relationship issues and guide couples towards a healthier and happier life together. So, buckle up and join us as we dive into the world of marriage rescue, sharing our thoughts on Taffer's methods, the couples he's trying to help, and how this unique approach to reality TV offers a fresh perspective on relationships and the complexities of love. As always, we'll mix in our personal stories, AI-generated celebrity voices, and of course, our psychedelic insights. Let's get started on this exciting journey together. I'm really fixated on that. Um, you know, the thing that's funny to me is that um, I would I would just have a show called Taffer's Methods. <laughs> See, I would call it, um, it's not just a business, it's a science. <laughs> Marriage business, bar business, um gardening business um god what else could we do uh i would like john taffer to do queer eye for the straight guy-esque makeovers on people i'll bet he'd be really good at that too he'd be like he'd, he'd, he'd probably do like or, or what if a uh, uh, matchmaker john taffer Ooh. Matchmaker John Taffer takes a uh, takes account of uh, what the demographics of the area are surrounding competitors. Always has an Esri map for it. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Please be funny. Please be funny. Everyone at home. I mean, baked beans. No, this is delightful so far. I love watching it type. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it changes the words at the end. It's great. It does like backspace, essentially. While it finishes typing, I'd like to also point something out. Mm -hmm. So yesterday, Trump got indicted. Mm. Yeah, let's talk about that. I want to just mention that, like, I know he hasn't been arrested, but he's been indicted, mm -hmm. right? And um, he may not ever be arrested. That, that day may still never come, right? But um, what I do know is that it competed with opening day. It did. Here's the other thing. America's yesterday it was thing. the yesterday it was the state of the city speech by the mayor. Hmm. 
and a friend had texted me and asked, Hey, I hear that there's going to be protests at the state of the city. Have you heard any of this? And I was like, okay, first of all, no, I haven't heard any fucking thing about it. I'm like, second of all, I don't know what the fuck they're there to protest. It's like, like, like potholes, whatever. People need to shut <laughs> a different conversation. It's just like, it, 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 I just didn't understand why protests that would interrupt a state of the city would be necessary by anyone at this moment. It just it was nonsensical. But that aside, later my friend texts me again and says, oh, no one, no one ever showed up to protest. And I was like, oh, that's funny. I guess people decided that literally opening day is more important than the state of the city, which is why I'm at home and not at the state of the city. Anyway, Kathy, um, that is... I feel like all of those things, right, nonetheless still contributed to maybe the weakest Twitter flurry of tweets and jokes and jibes about this news event than I think I'd ever seen. I think I saw more activity about um, AI Pope in the puffy jacket. Let's talk about AI Pope in the puffy jacket. So yeah. the only thing that stops us, you and me, right now, from making AI Pope in the puffy jacket is that we don't use uh, what is it called? Hold on. Stable diffusion. Okay. <laughs> Stable diffusion is the AI image generator. And folks, although so far I have been literally buying a subscription to all of them, I think I'm pausing my uh, insanity on that. I'm going to stick to the ones I got. I have I have all the bases covered. Um, but Stable Diffusion can do much better um, photo reel stuff right now. Dolly is not great at it at all, but um, uh, Mid Journey is really good at it. And um, just not the same. I mean, if you have seen that image that I made of like... Um, the president drinking like a energy drink in the gym. Yeah, I think it. <laughs> it looked really photorealistic, but kind of cartoony in some way. That's as good as Mid Journey can do on photorealistic. It always looks like someone like airbrushed it. But with stable so, diffusion, you can get like, you know, the Pope in a puffy jacket. So, like, I know, like, I'm still kind of a moron, right? And I, I do still sometimes fall for shit. Like, I fell for that deep fake of the fucking guy in the who's doing nitrous in the car because that felt real to me. But like, I, I believed you because it felt real to me too. So, um, but I didn't fall for the Pope one exactly. Like, I thought it was like a, I thought it was a Photoshop. Yes. And here's why I thought it was a photo. I didn't think it was an AI. Okay. I thought it was a Photoshop, and the reason I thought it was a Photoshop was because I follow shit like Vogue Italia. And I follow, like, uh, you know, like fashion designers and things that are always talking about buy this cute outfit, right? Like, that shit's marketed to me, right? Like, uh, like on my Insta and on my Facebook, right? Like, that's the kind of shit. And so, like, if he had actually been wearing that white puffy coat, I would have seen Vogue Italia tweet about it. Mm -hmm. I would have seen, right? Like, I would have seen Balenciaga tweet about it, right? Yes. I would have and seen. And it looks like a Balenciaga product, really. I would have seen TMZ oh, tweet about it. Right? And there if... is literally no way if that actually happened, 
Like, there's no way it wouldn't make a headline. It doesn't even have to be the Pope, either. It could have been somebody more, like, likely to show up in some dumb shit like that, right? It could have yeah. been like, oh, the French First Lady just stepped out in this puffer jacket. Like, I, sure, and I could even believe that she would, right? But I would still see Vogue Italia tweeting about it. Yes. As opposed to cryptocurrency blue checks with the hexagonal thing like obviously it was a fucking not real like but do you remember just like a few weeks ago we were talking about um uh the papal sandals and such the papal schumacher and, and etc and who's a real person from works at gucci now i guess um it's it's really i mean so that it does exist like the pope does have like a fashion related thing so even for us to talk about it's a totally random topic for us to talk about like there is like a vibe out there that you know people mm -hmm. are keeping track of what the pope looks like when he's in non-standard pope dress and so someone picked up on that vibe and thought hey it'd be funny if they you know he's kind of a different guy what if they did this and i think you know when when you have a successful meme like that get out there there's probably already been 99 just like it that didn't catch on but this one caught on because someone put a tiny bit of extra thought into it and maybe maybe they, maybe it didn't but most of the time there's a little bit a tiny kernel of extra thought and that's what the thing that gets it to the finish line like you know the pope in the white jacket um, but i think i'm just really gonna just kind of approach every image i see online as a photoshop friday yes until i'm told otherwise until you see like, the getty images scan mark over the whole thing yeah well Maybe but like and and like not on twitter though yes right like be, because like 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 that that's the whole joke about sophisticated photoshops right is that they look real <laughs> yeah it's just that we all kind of know that, like, if it's the fucking, I don't know, the the haha -ha eye patch pirate guy from Fark.com, like, we get that it's a joke, right? Like, because they've photoshopped Donald Trump, on, Donald Trump's face onto the Aphex twin guy or whatever, you know? The like, it's like obviously meant to be like a parody image, right? And so, I don't know. Uh well, I'm worried about my own sanity anyway. I remember not too long after the episode last week, you sent me a message asking for like a certain image of 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 the president uh, holding something, and we got the image eventually. It took me a lot of t attempts to get that because like it seems like when you put in celebrity names, it doesn't really even if you're saying like a president or something, it still doesn't. It, it seems like it takes any piece. It's not just. What are the best images of this person you're looking for? It says, what is any image that's ever been entered with a, one of these words in it? So then it takes like people that aren't actually like the person you're searching for and also combines those on top of everything. So like when you're looking for 3D pictures of a dinosaur riding a truck, it takes all the pictures of 3D images of dinosaurs and trucks and takes all the sentiments of all those and combines them. But when you search for, you know, Brian or Kathy, obviously you're going to get people that are just mm -hmm. not because of our anonymity. Even if you had last names attached to us, it's still never going to look like us because either A, there isn't enough specific information or B, it's going to take every bit of information about that and make some person that just looks like any other person that can be randomly generated by the computer. So, yeah, it's weird. I was surprised I could get Joe Biden in that one where he was drinking the energy drink and it actually looked like him. Old guy, grandpa. You could just write. Oh, that's that. what I would type. Could, I would. I, mean, I would type. And that's how. Close I would. I, 
Biden-esque old type grandpa, and I'll bet you it like spits out Biden right away. Let's see. Hold on. Thank you. Mid-journey. Okay. Am I going to the reality issues Discord here, where my creations live? Oh, it knows what Austin Riley kind of looks like, but that's not what a jersey looks like. Also, I think he's bleeding. No, none of those are close enough. Okay, so let me type this in. What were we imagining again? <sighs> Fuck me. An incredible image of an old grandpa man, distinguished, wearing a suit, doing powerful squats while holding giant bird's eggs. That's what we're going for. <clears throat> and uh, also, in the meanwhile, I'm going to go ahead and click this. From WBZ Chicago, it's This American Life. I'm Ira Glass. Today on our show, we're diving into the world of love, relationships, and matchmaking, courtesy of an unexpected figure in the realm of reality television. John Taffer, best known for rescuing bars on the verge of collapse, has now turned his attention to matters of the heart. In his new show, Taffer takes on the role of matchmaker, applying his no-nonsense approach to help singles navigate the complexities of modern dating and find lasting connections. Throughout the show, we'll witness Taffer's unique methods and strategies as he brings people together, offering guidance and support to individuals struggling to find their perfect match. Along the way, we'll explore the challenges of dating in today's world, the role technology plays in modern relationships, and the delicate balance between romance and practicality. So stay with us as we delve into John Taffer's latest venture, one that promises to both entertain and enlighten. Act one of This American Life, featuring an in-depth look at Taffer's new matchmaker show, begins right after this short break. Okay, I know what the John Taffer matchmaking show is called. Uh-huh. Super butt funnel. I'm going to go ahead and type that in for it to consider. So, the name of the Jake Taffer... Excuse me. John <laughs> Taffer... The name of the John Taffer uh, match. Also, a show I would show probably want to not Super watch. But tunnel. No funnel, funnel. Excuse me, funnel. Please tell us how this impacts the show as Act Two of Ira Ira's reading. Okay, before you hit send, or well, it'll generate the response. So you gotta, it'll, it'll turn it into thing. Okay, so 
I don't know how the chat GPT is going to interpret the phrase open butt or super butt funnel, but in Tafferland, a butt funnel is. Uh, here, I will use these pens to demonstrate. Oh, it says super... it. Oh, please, but you, I want, I want you to. Is that true? <gasps> oh my God, it is. Oh my God, it, it does know what it is. Okay, so I'll just wait. Okay. That is what it is. I was like, there's no way it's going to get this right. This is the stupidest thing on earth. <laughs> okay. I'm going to click this little gem. I think we just have yeah. a fun little surprise here. I'm pitching this to John Taffer, dear John. Ira, take it away. From WBZ Chicago, it's This American Life. I'm Ira Glass. Today on our show, we continue our exploration of John Taffer's foray into the world of love and relationships. Act two, Super Butt Funnel. Now you might be wondering how that name connects to a matchmaking show. Well, Taffer's unconventional approach to television has led to an equally unconventional title, drawing inspiration from his bar rescue days. The Butt Funnel is a term Taffer coined for a narrow entryway in bars designed to encourage interaction among patrons. In this context, the show aims to create a space where singles can engage in meaningful conversations It's like Nathan's super long tunnel to get into his bar. Super Butt Funnel sets itself apart from other dating shows with its unique blend of Taffer's expertise in fostering social interactions and his no-nonsense approach to addressing the challenges of modern dating. The show promises a fresh perspective on how people connect, both emotionally and physically, in today's fast-paced world. As we delve deeper into this intriguing reality show, we'll explore the impact of the super butt funnel concept on the participants' really experiences, like the importance of vulnerability in finding a compatible partner, and the unconventional wisdom Taffer brings to the table. Wisdom. Stay tuned as we continue to unpack John Taffer's latest creation, a matchmaking show that promises to surprise, entertain, and perhaps even teach us a thing or two about love. Act two of This American Life begins right after this short break. Yes. So, not like a hallway exactly, but it's like, when, when he says narrow entryway, like what he means is like, you put the chair, the bar chairs a little too close together so that you always have to be like, oh, excuse me. Let me get my butt out of the way. Yeah. Right? So like like he'll put like bar rails or stairways or like extra like decorations or like a pillar or some shit to okay. make people have to say like excuse me as you yeah. get through to get to the bar or the DJ booth or the whatever the fuck it is that's the attraction he's creating for the bar right um, yeah I like that mm-hmm I I think that um. Well, how many different shows has he done? Two? Just those two, it seems like. I don't know that he's done any other. <clears throat> he's about to I'm come up with three him. more, in fact. Oh, but yes, Kathy, please. I'm going to pitch him this show. I'm going to tweet at him right now. I think you should. And I think that... Um... I'm going to tag you on it because I'm going to, of course, it, it indicate that you and I came up with this brilliant idea together because we did. 
Yeah, we did. It is, it, really? It is ours. I mean, with a little help from the AI, but Sean Taffer doesn't need to know that because fuck the AI. Yeah, we're, it's, we're, we pay for the AI, and thus we benefit from its power without its um, uh, accreditation. Here we go. From WBZ Chicago, it's This American Life. I'm Ira Glass. Today on our show, we're diving into the imaginative world of John Taffer as he pitches a series of unconventional reality shows that veer away from his typical expertise. Act 3, Taffer's Uncharted Territory. Known for his no-nonsense approach to rescuing bars and matchmaking, Taffer now ventures into new realms, applying his unique wisdom to a variety of concepts that might just be the next big thing on television. First up, imagine a show where Taffer takes on the world of fashion, employing his talent for fostering social connections to create collaborative design challenges. Aspiring designers would work together, combining their styles and visions to produce one-of-a-kind garments that push the boundaries of fashion and art. Next, picture Taffer tackling the issue of environmental sustainability, guiding a group of eco-conscious individuals as they transform their communities through innovative green initiatives. He would utilize his signature approach to problem solving, helping these eco-warriors develop practical, sustainable solutions to pressing environmental concerns. Finally, envision a reality show in which Taffer assists struggling musicians applying his knowledge of fostering engagement to help these artists build their fan bases and hone their stage presence. Hmm. He would work closely with the musicians, using his insights to create unforgettable live performances that resonate with audiences. In each of these potential shows, Taffer would bring his distinct perspective and unconventional wisdom to the table, offering valuable lessons about collaboration, innovation, and the power of human connection. Stay with us as we continue to explore the untapped potential of John Taffer's creativity and how his unique approach could reshape the landscape of reality television. Act 3 of This American Life begins right after this short break. Okay, this is Act 3 of This American Life. Um, I'm Brian, this is Kathy. Hello, Kathy. Hi. <laughs> I just added you to my tweet to John Ooh, Taffer. I'm going to read it out loud for us. Hello, John Taffer. I'd like to pitch you a show called Super Butt Funnel, a Love Island-type show where you bring singles together, thereby increasing their social interactions, and guide them with Tafferisms like Marriage Rescue, Your Pals, Dvorak, and uh, Admiral BB. Mm. Here we are. We've hit... And that's the first time I've said it. The scene. It's true. It's the first time we've ever said our Twitter names on it. We might as well at this point. It's okay. I, that's where people find us, I think. Yeah. I think what's important, though, is that uh, we've brought John Taffer into this conversation, and hopefully, hopefully he'll bust open the doors and break open the books and answer our call for help for yeah. podcast rescue. <laughs> Hold on. I want to I wanna go in here and say, <laughs> tell me about... John breaking open the books on the reality yeah, issues podcast and helping us out to grow our audience. We're gonna need Taffer will uh, Taffer audio. If we can get Taffer audio, I'll work. I promise you that this 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 will. I'm on it. Okay. I was about to type. Taffer raw audio into the search. <laughs> Taffer five minutes raw audio. 
<laughs> I feel like I would get a bunch of results I don't actually want. Uh, oh, wow. I'll no, fucking no, do no, it no. anyway. Let's see what happens. An amazing response. I'm going to let it play out as we look over somewhere else. I'm going to turn <laughs> yeah. my air conditioning back on because I'm about to close up the house. <gasps> there is a John Taffer audiobook called Don't Bullshit Yourself. And then that's where I'll get the voice. I can, here, I'll look it up right now. Hold on. Amazon.com. Audiobook free, it says. Audiobook. <laughs> Here is Don't Bullshit Yourself, and I can click Audible, buy with Audible credits, because I never use my Audible credits. So now I'm using it for fun in a new, brand new way. There we go. Listen now. <laughs> now oh I gotta God. quickly, I'm gonna turn this off. I think, right? Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Turn down the gain a little bit. So I need to hear so much of the background audio. Okay, let's do this. Oh, turn it all the way back up again. There we go. Enable pop-ups because Amazon is from the old times. This is Audible. Introduction. I don't embrace excuses. I embrace solutions. Something <laughs> yes, so trivial. I believe that every... Let's read for ahead. you by R.C. Bray. With an introduction read by the author. This book is dedicated... Introduction. I don't embrace excuses. I embrace solutions. I'm going to try to remember how I did this last time. I believe that every right implies a responsibility, every opportunity an obligation, every possession a duty. John D. Rockefeller, American oil magnet. The worst excuse I've made in my life haunts me to this day. When my mother died in July 2012, we were together and had no unresolved issues for many years. However, there was a five-year period when we didn't speak. What precipitated that silence was an argument about something so trivial that I can't even remember what it was. For five years, I made excuses about why I couldn't or wouldn't call her. Yvette Taffer was old school. She would stand on ceremony so that it was up to me, her son, to make the first move. And I didn't want to do it. I was stubborn, but really, I had no courage. I created meaningless excuses like, it's the principle of the thing, or I won't compromise my dignity. I was just bullshitting myself. What a waste of time, energy, resources, and love. We all have to stop bullshitting ourselves. Fortunately, I came to my senses, albeit five years too late. One day, my brother Lewis and I were talking about an upcoming family event that my mom would be attending. As we talked, something in me clicked. I finally realized what a jerk I had been all those years. Right then, I picked up the phone and called my mother, apologizing profusely and feeling like a fool for wasting years we could have spent together. Waiting those five years to make that call is one of my biggest regrets. The time we lose to excuses is devastating. No one loved me more than my mother did. The woman who gave birth to me, nurtured me, protected me, and fed and clothed me. No argument is worth abandoning that person. Jake, John Taffer, excuse me. Where's the best way to capture this audio? Other than pulling the card, which I wouldn't do in the middle of the show. Let's see. I think it would be to... Place my phone 
hangs in the air like stale cigar smoke. Talk to the people behind the failures, and you often find that they're overachievers at explaining disappointment away with what they think are logical reasons. They are masters of bullshitting themselves. I've heard every outlandish and hackneyed excuse in the book from, I have no time to check my company books, to, I can't make my business in New Jersey a success because taxes are too high. Or there's turmoil in the Middle East and Ukraine, so I just can't think about trying to succeed. Two, my cat died. Come on. Excuse makers seem to put more time into crafting the perfect justification for their actions or inactions than to working and succeeding. But let's be real. It's not just owners of struggling bars who make excuses. We all do. And it's time for us to stop. In the short term, an excuse seems like an easy fix. It's anything but. Psychologists call excuse-making rationalization, a defense mechanism we use to justify bad behavior and poor decisions. While the excuses seem perfectly rational to the excuse-maker, everyone else is rolling their eyes. Excuse-making is just a form of lying. When you make an excuse, you're holding yourself back. Why would you do that? Don't bullshit yourself teaches you how to identify and face those lies head on and turn them into a positive action. Excuses are a common denominator of failure. In my experience, they fall into six major categories, which we will go through in this book together to bust each one. Fear, knowledge, time, circumstances, ego, and scarcity. I chose these six because they've come up repeatedly during my 30 years of working with failing businesses, failing owners, and failing people, and when facing my own excuses that had the potential to derail me. Each chapter centers on one of these types of excuses, revealing its facets and manifestations. You might notice some overlapping themes. That's because the emotions that underpin excuses, unhappiness, frustration, and discontent cause the excuses to feed on each other. We're going to break that up. I'm here to help. I've seen the power of people confronting their own excuses and turning their businesses and lives around, including my own. From people who defied the odds, resisting the temptation to make excuses, to those who struggled with excuse making and were not able to resist the temptation, we'll explore their instructive and inspiring stories in the pages to come. So don't shy away. It's time to grab this book and identify your own excuse making bad habits, and then let's work together to change them with actionable steps. My goal with Don't Bullshit Yourself is for you to become accountable every single day for every decision you make and action you take. Your excuses are lies, illusions, delusions, traps, and mirages. They're all holes we dig and then jump right into. I reject excuses and embrace solutions. When I'm done with you, you will too. In college, I studied cultural anthropology and saw that behavior in primates isn't so different from our own. This anthropology background has helped me to understand people at that core, what motivates them and what doesn't. At the end of the day, we're all responding to stimuli just as our ancestors, the cavemen, did, and very similar to how animals in the jungles do when it comes to protecting their own territory. From my experience helping bars, restaurants, nightclubs, and hotels survive and thrive, I am a grassroots expert on human behavior. It's easy to change a business. It's hard to change people, yet it's not impossible. 
One way to do it is to learn how to see an excuse for what it is, a false premise. Identify the real issue underlying the excuse making and address it in a straightforward, unemotional way. You've seen me do it on TV. In fact, on Bar Rescue, when I deal with an excuse maker, the first thing I do is feel out his emotional hot buttons and points of pride. If I choose to attack his pride, this place is a mess. It sucks. Often he will stand up like a gorilla, pounding on his chest and say, I'm better than this. Does that motivate him to change? I always hope it will, but unfortunately, in many situations, it doesn't. So I switch to fear. What happens when your business closes? What happens when you go broke? What happens when you're bankrupt? I try to scare the shit out of him. Sometimes if he has kids, I'll even mention them. Is this the way you want your children to live? Are you gonna have the money to buy them food, let alone send them to college? I hope that triggers him to think, wow, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I need to change things. One way or another, I have to get him to that state of mind. My third tactic, and the one I unfortunately used files save to the downloads folder I wonder what John Taffer thinks of Elon Musk. Do you think he respects him? I don't think he would. I don't think he would at all. I think he would be like, you are like the bullshitter of the bullshitterists. Yeah, I think he would see right through him, I think. Truly, where is my columns? Here we go, Jesus columns. Yeah, you can do, uh, so that turns out you can do voice uh, messing up things in your phone. It's wild. Here we go. Garden Labs. Add voice. Instant voice cloning. Instant voice cloning. Add file. Choose files. There we go. Open. Name. Hmm. Hmm. John. Just John. Done. I hear my. Mm hmm. There we go. Okay, now it should be on the computer. Through the magic of technology. We love it. We love to fucking see it. But now we have to ask. So. Now, John Taffer is hosting This American Life. So go ahead and rewrite the last entry, last output, as if that were the case. 
fantastic. So first, I'm going to go ahead and play this while it's generating. From WBZ Chicago, it's This American Life. I'm Ira Glass. Today on our show, we're following the journey of John Taffer as he ventures into the world of podcasting, lending his unconventional wisdom to the hosts of the Reality Issues podcast. Act 4. Taffer Tackles Podcasting. As we've seen in previous acts, John Taffer is no stranger to taking on new challenges. Now he's turning his attention to the world of podcasts, offering his expertise to help Brian and Kathy, the hosts of Reality Issues, Expand their audience and elevate their show to new heights. With Taffer's guidance, Brian and Kathy explore new ways to captivate their listeners, incorporating innovative storytelling techniques and fresh topics to discuss. Taffer encourages them to draw on their unique experiences and perspectives to create content that truly resonates with their audience. Under Taffer's watchful eye, the Reality Issues podcast evolves into a more engaging and immersive experience. He helps Brian and Kathy fine-tune their audio production, develop more compelling episode titles, and create a stronger social media presence to connect with their listeners. Throughout this process, Taffer's unconventional wisdom and keen understanding of human connection continue to shine. He pushes the boundaries of podcasting, demonstrating the power of collaboration and innovation in this growing medium. Stay with us as we witness John Taffer's transformative impact on the Reality Issues podcast and the journey of its hosts, Brian and Kathy, as they embrace new possibilities and continue to expand their minds and the minds of their audience. Act four of This American Life begins right after this short break. Ooh, man. We have had a flurry From WBEZ Chicago, it's This American Life. I'm John Taffer, your guest host for today. In this episode, we're taking a look at how I ventured into the world of podcasting, lending my unconventional wisdom to the hosts of the Reality Issues podcast. Act five, Taffer takes the mic. As you've seen in previous acts, I'm no stranger to taking on new challenges. Now I'm turning my attention to the world of podcasts, offering my expertise to help Brian and Kathy, the hosts of Reality Issues, expand their audience and elevate their show to new heights. With my guidance, Brian and Kathy explore new ways to captivate their listeners, incorporating innovative storytelling techniques and fresh topics to discuss. I encourage them to draw on their unique experiences and perspectives to create content that truly resonates with their audience. Under my watchful eye, the Reality Issues podcast evolves into a more engaging and immersive experience. I help Brian and Kathy fine-tune their audio production, develop more compelling episode titles, and create a stronger social media presence to connect with their listeners. Throughout this process, my unconventional wisdom and keen understanding of human connection continue to shine. I push the boundaries of podcasting, demonstrating the power of collaboration and innovation in this growing medium. Stay with us as we witness my transformative impact on the Reality Issues podcast and the journey of its hosts, Brian and Kathy, as they embrace new possibilities and continue to expand their minds and the minds of their audience. Well, Act 5 of This American Life begins right after this short break. So yeah, it turns out unless you have a really good uh, voice copy, then you don't really get the results that you want. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, gotta tell you, Brian. Yeah, I am really hungry. Yeah, that's fine. I'm hungry too. We've done a lot today. We've uh, we sure we've, have. Uh, and actually, really good Jake, uh, John Taffer, as it were. 
I was also going to admit, I'm also incredibly curious to hear what's going on with the Elon Musk saga at this exact moment. Let's find out. On the timeline, I mean. You see, I guess in some of the algorithm, some of the coding leaked, I don't really understand what happened on that end. I don't know if it's just always present and people started going through it or what. But um, I guess they found some code in the algorithm leak that is Elon is author. Yeah, there it is. Matt Bender's talking about it. I I, I don't really understand what's exactly going on. So I want to I want to I want to be able to follow the discourse, you know. We're power users, I bet. I bet you it considers us power users. I, we fucking better be these assholes. We've been here long enough. We're the only people still tweeting. To that point, again, when Trump was indicted, there were there was like a flurry of tweets and it was over. Maybe it's just because we have to really wait till he's arrested. Maybe we've all just been burnt from when he got COVID and didn't die. <sighs> this is I know. I'm just thinking about I, how they're identifying people, and, and I, mean, I mean, sure they were identifying people before, right? But like. Author well, I'm just going to be like, hope springs eternal. COVID is still out there and the president can still get it. Well, let's um, go ahead and say um, what we'd like to go out on musically. Hmm. Oh, uh, rescue me. The, uh, who does that? Is that Martha and the Vandellas? And I'll let you get that answer for me as well. Hold on, until I finish. Okay, it's thinking. Meanwhile, I'm going to go ahead and um, close this, close this, and go ahead and click my little. Oh, it is Aretha Franklin, my bad. What was the title again? I'm sorry. Rescue Me. Have you seen that oh, I um, documentary from like, it's on the 1960-something concert from like in a church? Oh, you gotta see that. It's crazy. I saw the Violet Crown. It's nuts. Which better watch out. Yes, that's right. <laughs> but I, well, what they're... Fucking it's on site, Violet Crown. For a theoretical... You're about to see a Violet Crown. <laughs> yeah, it might I've be that song. That <laughs> Wait, what happened to our beer? Mm-hmm. That one. I think it's that one. Taffer, this one's for you.
Okay, so I've come up, okay, just like that, the song generated a couple of ideas. First of all, that is obviously, obviously, both the name and theme of the John Taffer dating show called, which I called Super Butt Funnel, we called Super Butt Funnel, but I think Rescue Me with that song makes much more sense for the singles, so I think there should be Bar Rescue, Marriage Rescue, rescue me and then me rescue rescue. where john taffer helps people work on their self-actualization you know it's not exactly a makeover show it's more like oh you've really been wanting to learn a new language (laughs) or you've wanted to take up woodworking or you want to get your passport and you've been trying to remember it for two years yeah yeah and plan a trip to wherever you know like whatever and so it's like me rescue is like john taffer being someone's like personal motivating coach to do that thing that they've been wanting to do whatever it is right i i think that would be and i think me rescue could be more in the format of like teen mom where we follow them for a little while Right. So like John Taffer gives them like a heart to heart and goes off to help someone else. And meanwhile, that person's like, yeah, I am going to enroll in a class at the community college. And then like John Taffer comes back in a month and that person's like, homework's really hard. And he's like, well, let's get you some study skills. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Hold on. I'm uh, (laughs) I'm getting fed a little description of what that might sound like <laughs> um let's see i'm just gonna click on this and then rescue bar where the story is about a bar that has saved someone's life and then bear rescue which will be the triple x spin-off <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, that that's a lot. We there's so many ideas but for here, John Tapp. Uh, I just want to hear this one specifically. <laughs> oh no. Well, hold on. No, no. It's just because we have so many <laughs> here. I'm just getting so excited. Okay, so there's me rescue. Okay, this one number three. So I gotta remember there's still. From WBEZ Chicago, it's This American Life. I'm Ira Glass. Today on our show, we're diving into a new and inspiring venture by John Taffer called Me Rescue, where he takes on the mission of helping people self-actualize their dreams and overcome personal obstacles. Act 1. Turning Dreams into Reality In Me Rescue, 
John Taffer shifts his focus from bars, matchmaking, and baseball to the personal oh, lives of everyday people. He embarks on a journey to help individuals uncover their hidden potential and overcome Team the barriers rescue. that hold them back from achieving their dreams. Throughout the series, we witness Taffer's signature no-nonsense approach. God, we didn't even talk about baseball. Of his participants. Yeah, well, he works closely with them, well, we have offering done. guidance and support to help them build the confidence, discipline, and determination required to chase their aspirations. As each episode unfolds, Taffer's subjects face their fears, confront their self-imposed limitations, and learn valuable lessons about self-belief and perseverance. Along the way, they rediscover their passions and unlock their true potential, transforming their lives in ways they never thought possible. Me Rescue not only offers an intimate look into the lives of those who are striving to turn their dreams into reality, but it also serves as a reminder of the transformative power of self-actualization and the incredible impact that one person can have on the lives of others. Join us as we delve into the world of Me Rescue and witness John Taffer's journey to inspire, motivate, and ultimately change the lives of those who dare to dream. Act one of This American Life begins right after this short break of This American Life. Before we get to that, I, I, I do, yeah, do want to talk about... From WBEZ Chicago, uh, it's uh, This American uh, Life. Baseball existed, Wait, started, on, we talked about on, it. Ira, and hold on, it, slow Kathy your horses. Go. I'm Ira Glass. Today on our... <laughs> Ira's being incredibly rude. He is not being a like, consummate professional. I miss... Very unlike himself, What did he actually. say, actually? I missed. I was in the text world. <laughs> he was, was just he interrupting. Oh. No, he so was. So we're stepping like, up to the plate with an. Ira, he just, yeah, he just kept playing. I'm Ira Glass. It's like from um, WBEZ Chicago. We were talking. Please, Ira, we have to get it together. This You're is an A and B conversation. So see so your way. So yourself out of it. <laughs> from WBEZ Chicago, it's This American Life. I'm Ira Glass. Today on our show, we're stepping up to the plate with an unexpected twist in the world of reality television. John Taffer, renowned for turning around failing bars, is now taking on a whole new ballgame. In his latest show, Taffer sets out to help aspiring baseball players hone their skills, both on and off the field, as they pursue their dreams of making it to the big leagues. Throughout the series, we'll watch Taffer employ his signature no-nonsense approach, working closely with these athletes to improve their techniques, strengthen their mental game, and develop the discipline required for success in the world of professional sports. Join us as we explore the challenges these players face, the role Taffer plays in their journey, and the lessons we can all learn about dedication, resilience, and the pursuit of excellence. So, stay with us as we dive into John Taffer's most recent venture, a show that promises to inspire and captivate sports enthusiasts and casual viewers alike. Act One of This American Life featuring an in-depth look at Taffer's new baseball-focused show, begins right after this short break. Actually, um, this is what we're going to hear about right now. Uh, Ira's going to give us a brief history lesson since the year uh, 2015. From WBZ Chicago, it's This American Life. I'm Ira Glass, and as a little secret outro for our most dedicated listeners, let's take a leap into the future and imagine where our show might be in 2053. The year is 2053, and This American Life has evolved alongside the ever-changing media landscape. Podcasts are now experienced through immersive virtual reality, allowing listeners to step into the stories we share and truly become part of the narrative. Our show continues to tackle thought-provoking topics, exploring the intricacies of the human experience through the lens of cutting-edge technology and the ever-evolving nature of human connection. As the world faces new challenges, 
we remain committed to uncovering the extraordinary stories that shape our lives. In this future, we've broadened our reach with AI-generated translations enabling us to share our stories with a global audience. Our team now spans the globe, collaborating with storytellers, this artists, and experts life. from all walks of life to bring you the most compelling and diverse perspectives. Or is it saying As that America has continue our journey its into the future, the we never lose world. sight of our core mission to tell stories that move, enlighten, and connect us all. The American and so, life that everyone as you tune in from your virtual reality living rooms or while exploring the cosmos, know that we're still here, <laughs> uncovering like the stories that make us who we are we'll and celebrating the, the power <laughs> of human connection. Thank you for your unwavering support and for allowing us to be a part of your lives. Mm. Here's to the next 30 years of This American Life and the countless <laughs> stories yet to be told. Actually, though, here's what I'm really interested in. This is what I'm <laughs> From WBZ Chicago, it's This American Life. I'm Ira Glass. Since we last left Brian and Kathy of the Reality Issues podcast, their journey has taken quite a few twists and turns. In the years that followed John Taffer's transformative guidance, Reality Issues saw a surge in popularity, becoming a staple in the podcast world. Their unique blend of reality TV discussions, personal anecdotes, and exploration of perception captivated audiences, resonating with people from all walks of life. Over time, their show evolved, incorporating new technologies and storytelling methods to create an even more immersive and engaging experience for their listeners. It's true, we have been. As they adapted to the ever-changing podcast landscape, reality issues continued to expand its reach, touching the lives of millions around the globe. As for whether they ever crossed paths with This American Life again, the answer is a resounding yes. Our shows have collaborated on several occasions, joining forces to explore the intersection of reality television and human connection. These joint efforts have led to some truly unforgettable stories and insights, further highlighting the power of collaboration and shared experiences. Throughout their journey, Brian and Kathy have remained true to their mission of pushing the boundaries of normality and encouraging their audience to expand their minds. And so, even as we venture into the future, Reality Issues continues to thrive, inspiring listeners with their unique take on reality and the world around us. Yeah, that's, that's about it. So, Whoa! Oh no, the camera again. I'm buying yeah. a new camera. That's what I'm doing with that Amazon Mini is the point. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. That's good. Uh, one day we'll set a budget for the show when, when money starts coming our way and, and we can pay for all the subscriptions and fun things. We could have like special cups or I don't know, whatever we're supposed to do with money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. Special cups. Eventually. Yeah. No, we'll do one that. Day. One day. Yeah. No, well, I, I keep forgetting because I, I have this to-do list that I ignore for a long time. Yeah, so do I. Um, but I still have the powerful blue dot. Oh, yes. <laughs> Our own brand of powerful off blue dots, not to be copyright infringing. TM. Oh, right. Yeah. Good point. Slightly <laughs> blue dot. <laughs> Unreal blue dot. The, the original separate blue dot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Quantum entangled dot. I want to make masks of the blue dot too, so I'm gonna work on that one. Those should be easy. Kathy's not watching. Fuck, I'll just print those out. I'll just go get fucking literally just blue cardboard. Like, what difference does it make? I might even have some. I'll cut up this trivial pursuit box. Okay, I'm gonna I... go make a sandwich. Okay, sounds good. Um, I'm gonna make the podcast. 
All right. Blessings, all right. friend. Thank you, Kathy. And to all our listeners, once again, thank you for putting up with us. Yes, absolutely. And all of our, all of our guests. Okay, bye. Thank you, bye. I'm going to go edit out something from one minute, or no, one hour and 37 oh, right. minutes. <laughs> bye. Damn, you too.